I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey everyone, welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we are talking about U.S. currency. So grab your $2 bill. And let's get civical. saying hell 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 hello i i i am lizzie stewart and she 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 is 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 r r din wallenta just want to try something new (laughs) that was so new 
guy. Nobody has ever wrapped my very long Polish last know, name before. I was honestly knee that deep in epic. it being like, somebody SOS. <laughs> I was like, SOS. My main fear was that you were going to throw to me to wrap my name. No, no, I that thought I was been like, utter failure. Right. I was like, I started this. I have to end this. I'm not going to drag finish. you into my mess that I just made. But hello. Hello. Hi, guys. Hi. Welcome to Let's Get Civical, the podcast where we literally will never rap again. I Mm-mm. am so sorry for that. That was really on impulse. And <laughs> I let and it happen. You go with it. You got to go with I it. I put sometimes. it in the space and then mm-hmm. I thought, no, not again. And here we are. But today we're talking about cha-ching, cha-ching, U.S. currency. Yes. And the history. Oh, I'm so excited. The history of our currency, how it gets, not how it gets made, but like. <laughs> you take paper, <laughs> you dye it. Can you imagine? Absolutely not. Although I would love to like see it being made. Although, can you see it being made or is it like super hush-hush? There are, there's a whole, um, I put it in here. There's a note with the website. So when we come across it, we'll verify it. But I think it's called like moneyfactory.gov. But it's like, it's a, if you want to know anything about the money, like if you you, go to moneyfactory.gov and you can go there and it'll tell you like the sizes of the bills, how they print them, the makeup of the paper, the security things. And there are pictures that like, they print them on these big plates right right and then it's it, like, it, it like cuts it yeah yeah and it cuts it it's funny because they describe it as like it's all it's like the old school you know style printing technology with like security like super up-to-date modern security measures right, like right. melded together with this old style way of making money pr- like printed materials yeah, yeah so you can go there and like if you are really in tr- we're not going to tell you like step by step no we simply this can't. is the make up of the ink but no if mm-hmm. you want to if you're like that type of person god bless you can go there and they will you can learn everything that you ever wanted and part of me was like these security things we've put in there because people were counterfeiting our money and mm-hmm. we're just straight up telling them it's this is how we do it and we're telling, we're giving them the ingredients as right. though it's a food network recipe right <laughs> <laughs> That you can make at home, just like the Pioneer Woman. Yeah. Uh, I'm so excited to to talk about U.S. currency. I think it is so... It's such a trip. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So we're going to start off with the history of us currency. Very exciting. And we're going to start in the year of our Lord, 1776. We're here. We're new. We're a newborn babe. In 1776, the Continental Congress authorizes the creation and issuance of $2 bills. Mm -hmm. I love how they just start with a two. I know. They were like, we're not worth much. We don't need one. Just two. Like, (laughs) pennies, we're not there. Like, it's (laughs) just the two. Just the $2 bill will do. Yeah. Yeah. And then on June 25th, 1776, the Continentals, as they were called, were authorized as bills of credit for the defense of America. (laughs) Yep. From the pirates, do you remember? <laughs> oh, I just love that they're just like in there being like, all right, we printed the bill. What are we going to call it? The Defense of America. The Defense of they're America. just a bunch of like nerdy dudes being like, how can we make this seem more masculine? I know. Defense of America. You we'll know, call them from Continentals. The continentals. Because we're continentally defending America, the continent, from the pirates. <laughs> So that was 1776. We've got $2 bills. We're thriving. We're thriving. <laughs> and then in 1861, so many moons later, well, almost we did 100 nothing years for later, a we were like, time. $2 bills are going to sustain us. That's all we got. That's all we need. 
But in 1861, demand notes are created. Congress authorized the U.S. Department of Treasury to issue non-interest-bearing demand notes to help finance the Civil War. (laughs) Once again, they're like, shit, (laughs) we got bills to pay. We entered into a war against ourselves. All right. These demand notes were green and earned the name greenbacks because of their color. Cute. Mm -hmm. So creative. At the top of the show, fun fact, all U.S. currency issued since 1861 remains valid and redeemable at full face value. Yeah. So if you find a $2 bill from 1862, it can be worth $2. Although I still think that if you find a $2 bill from 1862, it should be worth like $1 million. Because that's like... For sure. That's like a historical thing. Lincoln has touched that money. Lincoln himself, because there were only like four... $2 bills circulating in 1862, and Lincoln definitely touched three of the four. Yep. You know, the other one was a little, it was in the South. It was in the South. It went there and never came back. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that, okay. So next up, 1862. So one year later, Congress authorized the creation and issuance of a new type of note or class of currency called, quote, United States notes, or, quote, legal tender notes. (laughs) Two different names. So official. So official. They had a red seal and a serial number and were in circulation until 1971. Yeah. They're in circulation for 100 years. Yeah. I simply love that. Also in this time, the foundation of our modern design and counterfeit measures began. Quote, fine line engravings, intricate geometric lathe work patterns, a U.S. Department of Treasury seal and engraving signatures are added as counterfeit measures. Man, they really got to work. I love how it took them one year to be like... We've got a problem. <laughs> These bitches are counterfeiting. <laughs> it's too simple. Because like, I'm just like imagining the 1861 thing that they created being like like a hand drawn. Like there's a smiley face, like three <laughs> numbers. And so like the goat is over here being like, I can literally draw this. Right. And then it's just so much counterfeit happening. And they're like, OK, OK, now we're going to put a seal on it because you bitches are you're not you're not honest. You're not being honest right now. You're stealing the money. Mm-hmm. You're counterfeiting the money. One year later, 1863, with the start of the national banking system, Congress authorizes the Department of Treasury to issue national banknotes. So they're really just like... They're getting serious. I they're feel like, like yeah, the 18- American people are screwing us over. I know. The Civil War showed up and they were like, okay, honestly, let's finally <laughs> get our banks together. Who wants notes? I've got notes. I've got notes. I've got notes. I've got notes. So that was 1863. Then in 1869, so a couple years later, Mm -hmm. the printing and engraving of banknotes became a public cause through the Bureau of Engraving and Printing. Love. Yeah. Prior to the change, the notes were printed in private. This is not great. The notes were printed (laughs) by private companies and then sent to the Bureau for sealing, trimming, and cutting. Yeah. Guys, do we wonder? Streamline it all. Just put it all in one building. Do we wonder why there was so much counterfeiting? Because the private companies were were making them. I'm going to make a bundle for myself or whatever you call a sack of money. (laughs) A bundle. A bundle for you, a bundle for me. Two for you, one for me. Because of all of all that's happening when it goes to the bureau is sealing, trimming, and cutting. Honey, you can make a seal. You can seal, trim, and cut. Your you heart can get to a your paper heart's cutter. content. I seal, trim, and cut every day. <laughs> <laughs> this is so silly. Okay. 
1869. Yeah. Then in 1889, so 20 years later, congressional legislation mandated that all banknotes and other securities containing portraits include include the name of the individual below the portrait. What? Yeah, they were because people were like, so so like who's the people, dude who's on the my dude bill? On the bill? Yeah. And and so Congress was like, all right, new law. We write the name. <laughs> we quote the source. We write the name. It's George. Can you believe it? <laughs> Literally, we all know what he looks like. We've only got portraits of George, you know? <laughs> but I love it. That's what we're yeah. spending our time on. 1889. Yeah. They're like, all right. There had clearly, to be a law. Like, they were just tired of getting the question. They were tired of getting a telegram of those like, who's the guy? <laughs> who's the guy on the bill? All right, fine. Law. Here law. it is. Here it is. Everybody, it's, it's Patton. Naming him. It's not Patton. It's <laughs> Patton. Can you imagine him. if General George Patton... You know, just got on the bill. <laughs> that would be. I mean, you know, we appreciate what he did in the in the Second World War, but <laughs> I don't think he necessarily has earned. No, I think he was a we at this point. We, if he was even alive, we're still doing it. You're still watching British television, aren't you? Oh, of course. You it has stop. not left my life. You never stop. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love that for you. Okay. In 1913, the Federal Reserve Act of, you guessed it, 1913. Love. <laughs> shock. Established the Federal Reserve as the nation's central bank and provides for a, a national banking system that is more responsive to the fluctuating financial needs of the country. Great. The Federal Reserve Board issues new currency called Federal Reserve Notes. Great. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I kind of love how they're just like, this. they're actually sort of approaching the the currency and banking system in a, in a kind of normal way of like okay great we like we start small and then oh now we need like we need to put this all in the same room and oh now we need like a board mm -hmm. to oversee this like we're like a startup nation and here's our startup currency and yeah. i feel like we're actually doing it right yeah I feel except like for the um making private companies print the money <laughs> no. you guys simply seem like i a bad know we idea. have to make mistakes at the ground floor but wow who did not see that coming? Right. George, 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 or George, you know? The goat was like, The goat was nah, like, nah, I have a problem. Guys, <laughs> nah. <laughs> Private companies, nah. <laughs> Counterfeit, nah. Counterfeit, nah. <laughs> nah. Then in 1929, U.S. banknotes took on a new look. Love. Oh, we love a rebrand. <laughs> they rebranded. They've been the around US for, what, 50 years? And they're like, let's dust her off. <laughs> Try something new. She needs to look Give cute now. Shine. So the federal, to save money, Federal Reserve notes were made 30% smaller. Mm. God, they're trying to save. They're trying the to Federal save. Reserve is trying to like budget. <laughs> Just pray more money. <laughs> they're I trying that's to. that's not how it works, but imagine being like, we're out of money. Let's make more. Here's more. <laughs> that's how I imagine money sounds. <laughs> it's printed. It's printed. Here we go. Here's your monies. Yeah, they wanted to save manufacturing. They wanted to save on manufacturing costs, so they decided to make the bills 30% smaller. Great. So they made them 6.14 inches by 2.61 inches. So specific. I just, why not 6.15 and 2.6? I just. You tell me. <laughs> They're so fucking snobbish. They're so snobbish. They're like, no, no. The point one, the point zero one makes all the difference. All the difference. It's probably harder to counterfeit. Like you probably have to have like a specific, like if you're going to be a dedicated counterfeiter, you've got to make 
fat. Although really, if you I have feel a ruler, like the size is the easiest thing to counterfeit. Like you go to Home Depot, you get a tape measure, and boom, bada bing, boom, you've got two point six one. You're at not your wrong. Fingertips. You're not wrong. Snip, snip. There it is. You're not wrong. You know what I mean. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. But hey, who am I to say? I don't, I don't, I don't I have any should money. should be appointed to the Federal Reserve Board. I know, right? Can you imagine? So then they now measure 6.14 by 2.61. Before that, they were 7.375 inches by 3.125 inches. Mm-hmm. Our Makes wallets just would have had to be bigger. Yep. Yep. That's yep. It. Each denomination received its own standard design back in 1929. <laughs> So Which made me think, like, until then, it was just like, so what? We had $1 bills that, like, had George and other ones that were, like, the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. Like, yes. what were we doing? And those were $10. And those were $10. What were we doing? I don't know. So each denomination gets its own design and picture. <laughs> this is in 1929. <laughs> this is way too late. <laughs> way too late. The people were fighting World War One in the trenches. And, yes. like, their currency at home was, like, different things. Yeah. So then it made it easier to determine counterfeits. I would say so, because if it has a different picture, obviously it's fake. Right. So then the next thing that happens is in 1957, a joint resolution is passed by the 84th Congress the year before in 1956, which required in God we trust to be placed on all currency because the bill also made the phrase the national motto. I love, you know how we started this country based on the idea of separation between church and state? We're killing it. Killing We're it. killing it. Killing We're it. simply boom, slaying. Boom, boom, In God we trust, but it's separate. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's just on our bills. It's just on our bills. It's in our hearts and minds. Oh, you don't believe in God? It's fine. It's fine. Just here's a bill that says it. You love? I love. I love. It's interesting that this hasn't made its way to the Supreme Court. Oh, honey, it has. Oh, I love it. it I am a Because I went down this rabbit hole and yeah. I was like, this is a bullshit right okay so fun fact love the joint resolution also replaced the de facto motto which was e pluribus unum meaning one out of many it was in the seal of the u.s government so this law replaced e pluribus unum with with in in god God we we trust trust. crushed it yeah i'm great at latin is this latin it's latin it's latin yeah (laughs) i was like imagine no spanish So I yeah, like e pluribus pl- unum. I know. E pluribus unum is so much better. Out of one, we are many. Blah, blah, blah. And God, we trust. Not the same. Yeah. It also, like, I fundamentally just d- disagree with that. It's just that, like, in God, we trust. Aside from being, like, separation of church and state, I feel like it's, like, you start to move away from this, like, you lose so much patriotism. Because yeah. out of one, we are many is, like, it's all of us together yeah. making this crazy right. ass country. And we're trying to do this thing. And yeah. we're like, we are many people, but we are a one. We are a singular, mm-hmm. singular nation. Yep. Yep. And now they're like, in God we trust. And it's like, I, no, yeah. because now we're God just God didn't win the Revolutionary the War, honey. We did. That's right. Uh, hello. Hello. So then super fun fact. Oh, love it. I know. I'm telling you, I went down a rabbit hole. I love it. In God We Trust has been reaffirmed as the national motto more than once. Who did it? Let's pause. Who reaffirmed it? Who do you think? It was reaffirmed in 2002 and again in 2011 by the Republican Party. It seems to me like she might be due up again if we're going every eight, nine years. Yeah. She's coming up due again. I just am so curious. Just, it's also like the like the rea- the reaffirmations of the motto. It's not like we're taking this up again. It's like this it's bill still, yeah. can't like the 2002 one is like this bill, this joint resolution that was passed can't be changed. Yeah. Like they doubled down on it. Yeah. That's so It's so stupid. 
obnoxious fun fact. Give it to me. The motto has withstood legal challenges from groups that said it violated the separation of church and state. My my finger's on the pulse. (laughs) The courts have held that the motto is, quote, ceremonial deism, not an official endorsement of the religion. And that's from uh, WAPO by uh, David Varenholt. I don't understand how it's, how ceremonial deism well, you're putting it on the currency. How is that not an official endorsement? It's a literal sponsorship. It I has also, it had they bought God bought ad space on the dollar bill. That's how it works. It's like you ever watch NASCAR? Why do you think Home Depot's on the car? <laughs> Because it's endorsed, NASCAR's in being endorsed by Home well, this, Depot. This is, but this is your argument. Have you ever, have you not seen Miracle on 34th Street with the great Mara Wilson? Shout out to Mara Wilson. Shout out to Mara Wilson. Go back and listen to her episode well, that we did with her. She, the whole, have you seen this? No. Oh my God. Is it about listen, NASCAR do, and Home Depot? They, the, to solve, because like, do you know the story? Santa goes on trial? Yes, it is. Okay. Yes. So Santa goes on trial and in the remake, spoiler, but also this is from the 90s. Mara yeah. Wilson's like five. So if you haven't seen it, it's on you. But they like the Dylan McDermott plays the plays Santa's lawyer. Uh-huh. And he gets Mara Wilson to go up with a card to the judge. And in the card is a dollar bill because the whole thing is like, is Santa, is this guy crazy? Mm -hmm. Is Santa real? Mm -hmm. If we determine that Santa is real, then how can this guy be crazy? Because you can't prove that he's not Santa. Mm -hmm. Really, the whole thing hovers around like, is this like, is this guy Santa and is he crazy? Mm -hmm. And so Mara Wilson takes up this card. There's a dollar bill in it. And on the the dollar bill, Dylan McDermott has circled in red, in God we trust. And Mara Wilson takes it up and he's, she goes, would it please the court if I gave you your Christmas card? And like the judge opens it and he just sees like in God we trust. And he's like, right. Like if we have this printed on our money, mm. we have faith that like God exists mm. and it's on the, the, it's on a reserve note. It's on a federal reserve note printed by the government. So the government is endorsing the fact that there is a God, even mm-hmm. though there's like no hard proof of that. Mm-hmm. So how can we say that there's Santa no. Claus is not real? So yeah. there's like there's that part of it. Like yeah, I'm sorry, it's an official endorsement. Like no, like no, it yeah, just that's is. that's and that's the argument. It's so on, it's so in interesting Miracle that they're Street is like yeah. the government is officially endorsing that there is a god. Yeah, and and like if the, you know this is not a this is not an attack on if you believe in God or not, but it's like we really get into a lot of trouble when because this country whether it wants to admit it or not promotes pretty much exclusively Christian-based values, which is problematic to our other friends who practice other religion and don't practice religion at all. I was going to say, are Can those of us who don't, who don't who aren't even there. religion at all? Um, yeah. But it's like, if you can... If you can't do school prayer in a, in a school for children, because, like, if you can't mandate school prayer, like, that's been deemed illegal by the Supreme Court right. to do that, how can you print money... That says, in God we trust. What if you don't trust God? But I think this came also at a time when like, the interesting thing about this ruling is that they use the term ceremonial deism, which is at, which comes at a time, at a point in time when people really did, there was more of a bifurcation. Mm. Like, sorry, what does bifurcation mean? You simply can't just drop a word. (laughs) Like you could, 
there was the kind of religious aspects, right? That like everybody like, yes, I go to church and mm, sure. and I believe in a God and I think he's real. And like there's things that you did to communicate with God. Sure. But that they that the court ruled that this was more of like, it's not God, God. It's like God is a word to like, it's fuzzy. It's yeah, fuzzy. It's, it's fuzzy. fuzzy. I totally agree. But yeah. I think back then people were like, no, like there's, there's God. It, it just wasn't such a... um like a literal interpretation of everything. Yeah. And back then, I mean, you know, the, this came up at a time. I just think it's an interesting use of the word ceremonial de- deism. Yeah. But then also like, cause that, that, that did come up about like how people worship different gods. And it's like, what do you do with that? Well, it's not even honestly, it's like, it's less about, cause you can make the argument. Well, it's like, you know, because you're just using the word God and you're not specifying like what type of God right. it's encompassing all the religions, but you're not encompassing the people who don't believe in God. Right. Which we've ruled in favor of those people before in very specific ways of like, you can't force children to do school sponsored prayer. Right. Because an atheist mother was like, that my, no, I'm not, we don't do that in my house. Right. And you can't like force somebody to do that. No. So it's interesting that the same thing doesn't apply to, you can't basically like force people to carry around and exchange money because that's the only, we only have one currency. Right. right. So you're forcing somebody to always exchange with money who doesn't believe in God that says, in God we trust. It's a really aggressive motto right. for somebody who doesn't believe in God. Yeah. Of like, I don't trust God. He's not here. Or she's not here. Right. They are not here. Right. I don't know. I like, this is not me trying to start a argument on if God exists or not. Like, yeah. believe what you want. I support you 110% either way. But uh, but it, I feel like, I feel like, not a consistent ruling, my friends. I don't think it is. And I think it would be my interesting if, friends. It, if it came up again today. Like what? Oh, I, mean, I don't know. You can kind of guess what the ruling would be like just it would ideologically. Be five, four. But it would be interesting yeah. what the case would be that would come before how they would yeah. rule on it. Yeah, what the new What the new thing would be. It. Because yeah. the, you know, and then to go the other route, the, the Republicans who put this, you know, like the reaffirmation bills before congress mm-hmm. to reaffirm the motto mm-hmm. did it because they believe full hog that this is an appropriate thing to do that god is yeah. like legitimate the only god and yeah. you know etc cetera, etc cetera. Yeah. they did it for religious purposes which is not why i mean i feel like the court that ruled that it's a ceremonial deism would not support the reasons for reaffirming this right. motto from a religious standpoint right exactly yeah very interesting very interesting I'm curious to see. Yep. I don't, I don't, nobody yell. I don't support it being in God we trust. I no. think it's, I just, just because I've read a lot of Supreme Court cases and it just doesn't fit. It, it just doesn't, doesn't fit. fit with what we've it's decided. That's so, so weird. Or what this nation on found, was founded on, which was there is a separation between church and state. There is yep. a separation. Yep. It doesn't mean that like the state disrespects or disregards the importance of religion. It just means that religion has no place in how this country is run. Right. So putting in shouldn't God. Have. We, shouldn't have. Exactly. Yep. Well, that's what the founding fathers were like. This shouldn't happen. Right. And all we're doing right now is justifying inserting it everywhere yeah we're justifying um political moves and and rulings based on religious things and i'm like i'm sorry if you want to be a true patriot we're founded on the separation of church and state that's a true patriot that's what our darling founding fathers who everybody loves and adores wanted i'm yelling at you and it's not your fault no it's great i'm just letting you yell because i agree you totally i can't really say anything in response (laughs) 
I know. Could you it's imagine? all fun. I dissent. Um, <laughs> I actually dissent. Fuck it up, Christianity. <laughs> Fuck it up. <laughs> all right. Okay. Here next, we go. Next time. Next time. Next year. Okay. Here we go. 1971. Issuance of U.S. notes was discontinued. They don't oh. make them no more. Oh my god, <laughs> that was so, uh, so quick. <laughs> There's no okay. more money. Okay, we've uh, done. And, and as of 1971, they were no longer placed in circulation. The notes were now issued by the Federal Reserve, and only new notes issued by the Federal Reserve Bank were placed into circulation. So it's just like a different type of note. Great. And where it came from. Great. Yeah. So before you ask, great. Mm-hmm. The difference between a United States note and a Federal Reserve note Excellent. is that the <laughs> I foresaw. Yep. Mm-hmm. The United States note represented a bill of credit. Mm. I was inserted by the directory, d- inserted by the Treasury directly into circulation, free of interest. The Federal Reserve notes are legal tender currency notes, mm-hmm. and a bill of credit yep. is basically <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, so what's a bill of credit? You already, you are having a conversation with me and and writing these notes. Yes, you're like uh, yes, Lizzie. Before you ask, a bill of credit is basically type 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 type, <laughs> like. Basically, also because when I was reading these, I was like, I am confused. Right. Well, because this shit is confusing. This is why this podcast exists. Because people are like, oh, here, a bill of, like, they're going to use the term bill of credit and they're not going to tell you what it means. They're not going to tell you what it means. And I'm like, what? Okay. Okay. Talk to me like I'm five. We all just know what a bill of credit is? No, of course not. Nobody knows what a bill of credit is, except if you work in the Federal Reserve. Yeah. Or happen to be like an economist. Sure. Hello. Blah. So. (laughs) Sorry. Shout out to our economist. You're not blah. So a bill of credit is it's basically like money, but it's more of a hybrid of paper money and and like an IOU. <laughs> Great. Love it. This so is just the way IOU written on it. Yeah. It's basically our money that we currently have. Like if I owe you five dollars, like mm-hmm. I buy a car co- or yeah, you buy me coffee. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, here, here's my five dollars because that's so much coffee costs mm-hmm. in, in New York City. Here's my five dollars for coffee. Like we just exchange money and you have faith that like that five dollars is five dollars. Right. And it has the same value for you and for me and that that's it. Like there's yeah. no, there's no other transaction that's being had. It's just, here's $5 yeah. of my money to you. Yeah. Whereas like a bill of credit is if you were like, I'll buy you a coffee and I say, okay, here's a bill of credit for $5 mm. and you take basically what is essentially like an invoice mm. or like an IOU mm-hmm. to mean I owe you this thing and I will and I will pay you at a later date. Got it. Which is how originally when they started producing currency was like how they were funding these wars. It was like some of them had interest on them. So like they were they had compound interest on them. So you could and they would put them into circulation with the regular currency. Mm-hmm. But then you could take some of the paper currency to the United States government at a later date and be like, okay, here's my $2 bill that also has compound interest because it's a bill of credit. Like, right. here, And I now get whatever the interest is, the well. interest is on the yeah. bill as well as the face value. Yeah. The bill of credit is not, it was used in kind of the same way as we use paper currency, but it, with the understanding that like, because it's, I mean, if you think about it, the name is what it is. It's a bill. Like you're giving right. somebody like, a bill. But a reverse bill. Right, right, right. So there's that. So then the article, the Constitution, our founding fathers were like, 
this is going to get weird if we don't outlaw this shit. Mm-hmm. So they actually outlawed bills of credit. I love it. Yeah, because they were like, I love this it. is stupid. They're like, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. So Article 1, Section 10, we're not going to read it. It bas- It's of the Constitution, just says no state shall emit bills of credit. I think that was definitely the move. Yeah, so then Great. 1990. Yeah, the 90s. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. The we fact were, that this stuff is We were alive. You were alive. We, were I was not alive yet in 1990. What year were you born? 93. 93. Great. So negative three Lizzie years, Mm -hmm. there was a Mm secure, exactly right, exactly right. A security thread and microprinting were introduced into Federal Reserve notes to deter counterfeiting. That was over pronunciation. Counterfeiting. Counterfeiting by copiers and printers. So they were like, we, this isn't going well. People are still copying our money. We need to do more things. Put threads. They put threads and microprinting in. Sure, sure. On the bills. And like some of the threads, the security threads are like woven into the, into the, fabric yeah then in 96 u.s currency undergoes its first new redesign since the 1920s she got a facelift some botox oh uh 60 years later 70 years later later. 76 years later i can do math okay there you go in 2003 the 20 dollar bill was redesigned i remember all remember this right i remember and because you got it you started to get the first ones yeah and it was like oh Oh, my my god this is fake money it's like when somebody gets highlights oh my god look at you wow Wow. It really brightens your face. Hey, I just never thought of you as a blonde. <laughs> Which is what everybody said when I went blonde. <laughs> so in 2003, the $20, $20 bill is redesigned. The $20 note includes an embedded security thread that glows green when illuminated by a UV light, which is why like the cashiers have the pens. Yep. And when they hold it, when you hold it up to the light, a portrait watermark of President Jackson is visible from both sides. So mm-hmm. that's one way you can tell that it's real. In addition, the note includes a color shifting numeral 20 in the lower right hand corner yeah. of the note. Yep. I remember that. Yeah. It's like some fading ink happening right there. Yep. 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 So that was in 2003. In 2004, the $50 bill undergoes the same redesign. 2006, the $10 bill. 2008, a $5 bill. And in 2013, the $100 bill undergoes its first redesign since 96. And they put some additional measures of security in the $100 bill. Makes sense. Yeah. Fun fact, the U.S. government redesigned Federal Reserve notes primarily. Whenever they do uh, redesign them, they do it primarily for security reasons, not to, like, give it a fresh new face. They're mainly just like, we're losing too much money. Yeah. (laughs) We're, like, bleeding money in a way that's, like not cost efficient for our purposes. Right. So they do it to keep up with ever changing security threats and to keep counterfeiting rates low and to stay ahead of, you know, counterfeiters. The $1 bill is very infrequently counterfeited. <laughs> Nobody cares. Nobody wants. Nobody wants a dollar bill. That seems like I why you're going to counterfeit. That? Do the $1 bill and just do a lot, lot of, of ones. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of ones, my friend. So they don't often redesign that one because they're like it's not worth it. Like, it's we not have worth too it. Many. You know what? If you're going to counterfeit our $1 bill, God bless and Godspeed. Yeah. Uh, you're going to be a nice. very poor criminal. And it current t- there's currently no plan to redesign it. Fun, fun fact. There's also a provision in the Financial Services and General Government Appropriations Act, which we should cover at some point. Great. There's probably a lot of great stuff in there. I'm sure. That prohibits the redesign of their $1 bill. Okay. Get over it. Prohibits Prohibits? What about the roads? Like, come on. <laughs> you, you're like, no, nobody touch. Nobody touch the $1 bill. Can we mandate Guys. the new bridge someplace? Come like, on. Can we put that in the appropriations Oh, my bill? God. There's lead in everybody's water, and you're worried about the $1 bill? Get I did. a life. On that note, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more about currency. 
Vineyard Theater presents This is a Room, the thrilling true story of reality winner, Russia hacking the U.S. elections, and the FBI interrogation that took place on June 3, 2017. Conceived and directed by Tina Satter, running October 3rd through November 10th, tickets start at $35. Visit vineyardtheater.org to book your seats today. And welcome back. We're going to jump right back in and we're going to talk about current currency. A bit of an alliteration there. Current currency. currency. So this is what we know and love today. So the $1 bill, as we talked about before the break, unchanged since 1963. Nobody can change it. It's so precious to us. And it is (laughs) (laughs) and it is obviously adorned with the portrait of President George Washington. Sweet baby George. Love him, bless him. The $2 bill, which features President Thomas Jefferson, is now out of circulation. I'm pretty, they don't make $2 bills anymore, right? They do, or only for like special stuff. No, they don't make them, but they're still in circulation. Right, right. So they don't make anymore if you have a $2 bill. Super rare. And it has a portrait of sweet TJ. Fun fact about the $2 bill. The back of the $2 Federal Reserve note features an engraving of John Trumbull's painting, quote, the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Although the original painting depicts 47 men, space constraints meant that only 42 could appear on the note. Who got cut? Oh, who got cut? Oh, no. It was probably like, Paul, I'm so sorry. So sorry. You are insignificant. (laughs) All you did was sign. All you did was sign. If all you did was sign... Come on. come on, you're cu- you're cut. Come there's on, there's only so many. There's if your only signature so much was bad, come on. Oh man, I feel bad for the. Shout out to the five men who did not make it. <laughs> they didn't make it. So sad. Okay, back to current currency. The five dollar bill features president and hunk of the show Abraham Lincoln. The $10 bill features founding father and resident drama queen, Alexander Hamilton. Where's your family from? <laughs> the $20, fi- $20 bill features a very problematic and shouldn't be on the $20 bill, President Andrew Jackson. The $50 bill features really not talked about enough, no. but war hero, President Ulysses, <laughs> President Ulysses S. Grant. That's a mouthful. And the $100 bill features inventor and great in bed founding father, Benjamin Franklin. (laughs) I, it's what I love. Okay. This is what I love about the currencies is that this group of people. So let me list them all together. George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Abraham Lincoln, Alexander Hamilton, Andrew Jackson, Ulysses S. Grant, Benjamin Franklin. A really random assortment of men. Yes. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, some are presidents, and then you have Ben, (laughs) and then some are founding fathers, and then you have, like, Ulysses. Like, it's just such a... And Alexander Hamilton's just in there... It's a really interesting group of people. Also, what I want to say is the $20 bill, if people don't know this, has been like people have been actively and actually I think legislation is passed to put Harriet Tubman Mm -hmm. on the $20 bill. Obviously, the director of the Treasury right now, Steve Mnuchin, keeps 
pushing back that happening can you right. even believe that he Funny. would do such a thing i'm so curious that's so that. interesting I'm but so um andrew jackson is supposed to be replaced by harriet tubman which if you disagree with that you are the problem sorry <laughs> you are sorry she's first of all the fact that there are it is 2019 no people of color and no, no women, women have been on the currency with the exception of sacagawea and she was on a coin. On the dollar coin. That people are literally like, I'm sorry, can I exchange this for a dollar bill? Because I don't want to have to use a dollar coin. Sorry, yeah. it's not against you. I just hate this coin. But on our like standard paper money, no women and no people of color have ever been on them. That is literally insane. I'm sorry. That's unacceptable. Put Harriet on the 20. She effing deserves it. Okay? Okay. Okay. Tell me about our journey to circulation. Okay. Journey to circulation. Uh, We're going to do this. Uh, Quack. Uh, <laughs> that's from The Little Mermaid. And when Ariel's doing that, my favorite part of that is she's doing that. Do the do the first part. The ha. Uh, oh, the first part? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Keep singing! <laughs> is that Ursula does? <laughs> uh, Keep going! <laughs> It's where I'm like, Ariel, how did you not like sense that something was amiss when <laughs> Ursula's like, yes, <laughs> rock and roll. Red flags, Ariel, red flags all around you. Oof. Journey to circulation. All right, here we go. So before the Federal Reserve, for Federal Reserve notes enter circulation for public use, it has to pass through four basic steps. Actually, I think there's five. There's five. And then, well, four, and then the fifth step is circulation. Great. So they are design. Order, production, and issuance. Love. And then circulation. Each step requires the Federal Reserve Board, the Federal Reserve Banks, the U.S. Department, uh, the U.S. Treasury Department, of, and the Bureau of Engraving and Printing, and the U.S. Secret Service to like all agree and sign off. I know. The U.S. Secret Service. I'm just like, is they just always get add-on. thrown into stuff, and it's just like, oh, yeah. what am I doing here? What am I doing with the money? I'm just trying to protect people from being killed. And Come like, on. Take cocaine and have like sleep with hookers. Yes, like, just, there's certain it. things that's that I have it. priorities. Come on. So step one, design. It's an inter-agency effort between the Federal Reserve and the U.S. Department of Treasury's Bureau of Engraving and Printing. They've really got to tighten that name. I know. And the U.S. Secret Service. The Secretary of the Treasury has final approval of designs of Federal Reserve notes. Step two is the ordering. Great. Right? Got to put in the order. Just order. Yeah. Of the federal monies. I want 100 100s. Right. (laughs) (laughs) 100 good in the sack ben franklin's let's go (laughs) the federal reserve board places an order for currency from the u.s treasury department the order is based on how much money will be demanded by the public in the coming years how much money they think people will spend sure how much currency we expect the reserve banks will destroy (laughs) because the the notes are unfit to circulate or because of other factors and there's also like inventory management or the issue of a new design that could come into effect so, for fun facts, the uh, fiscal year 2020 order, they ordered just over one and a half million one dollar bills. J'adore. Zero two dollar bills. Sad. Seven seven hundred and thirty six thousand five dollar bills. Okay. Just over four hundred sixty thousand ten dollar bills. They ordered one point two million twenty dollar bills. Totally makes sense. Seventy six thousand fifty dollar bills. Mm-hmm. And. This one is a shocker to me. 
uh, oh, just over a million hundred dollar bills. Yeah, that's a lot of that's hundreds. a lot of hundred dollar. But bills. I guess I don't know. I guess it makes sense for people who I think because we just um don't have we money. don't have money. So uh, <laughs> why would we have hundred dollar bills? But people who have money right probably use hundred dollar bills a lot for sure because they have money. We right. don't. I never spend over a hundred dollars because I would be bankrupt. No, if I was if I had a hundred dollar bill in my possession, it was because I graduated from something. Sure, it was my birthday. It was my birthday. And my grandparents remembered right. and. Th- that's it. In total, the yes. total dollar amount that we ordered that we ordered for fiscal year 2020 is just over 146 million dollars. So of all of the bills that they ordered, yeah, the the total value is this. Step three: production in 1862. This literally meant a handful of people separating notes with a hand cranked machine in the basement of the Treasury. Building. Shout out to those so cute splendid souls. It's like the people in the bottom of the Titanic. They're like the coal people, being like, "Come on, let's go." Come on, you bastards! You know, just like <laughs> shoveling coal, and Rose and Jack are like, "I'm gonna go fuck." <laughs> uh, I'm tired. I'm tired. That's why this is happening. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm gonna go fuck. It's my fault for being alive. Oh my God. So 1862, people yep. literally in the bottom of the Treasury Building, like just cranking out money. Now the Bureau of Engraving and Printing receives the print order. They res- <laughs> literally get a purchase order Great. from the Federal Reserve Board, and they manufacture the reserve notes at its facilities in Washington, D.C. and Fort Worth, Texas. Which I imagine are like compounds. Oh, yeah. Like military lock and key compounds. Only three people get to go in the room and two people come out. Mm. Like that sort of compound. <laughs> Not because they were fucking. We lose a life every time. <laughs> um, the notes are printed using engravings and plates. Old school. Hello. Old school. Totally old school. U.S. currency paper is composed of 75% cotton. Huh. I know. You could wear her as a dress. Oh, my God. And 25% linen. Oh, my God. I like know. my, like my nightgown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like my silks. My silk pillowcase. All the bills, regardless of denomination, use green ink, green ink on the backs. Faces, on the other hand, use black ink, color shifting ink in the lower right-hand corner for the redesign of the newer bills. A metallic ink for the freedom icons mm. on the re- on the redesigned 10, 20, and $50 bills. We're free, people. Freedom Did you know? Icons. Have you heard? We're free. So this is what I mentioned before. Money. Fa- if you want to know, like, if you want deep details. If you need more than I what we're given right now. <laughs> like, anything you could possibly want to know about how they actually make the money. Mm-hmm. That's not our game. You need to go to moneyfactory.gov. And live your best life. And live your best life. Have your whiskey, have your White Claw, whatever your drink of choice is, Mm -hmm. and deep dive because it's for some of you. It's not for us. Step four, issuance. So the Federal Reserve Board pays the Bureau of Engraving and Printing for the cost of printing currency and arranges and pays for the transport of the currency from the Bureau uh, from its, from the Bureau facilities on D.C. and Fort Worth, Texas, to the Federal Reserve Bank cash offices via armored currency transport truck. Yeah. You've seen them. You know them. They are They're in tanks. every 80s unsolved yeah. mysteries reenactment yeah. of don't bank. don't Don't go well, after the truck. I can't you're not express gonna win this against enough. M- no, you're not going to win. Of all the, like, not the truck. The truck can withstand everything. Go after something else. Yeah. Like, like you, 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 you should just break into the facility. Like, if you're going out for the truck, my friend. Listen, there are Area 51 people out there who will do that. I know. There's so many people who will go after the truck. People go after the truck. Yeah. And I'm like, look at the truck. 
Look at the it's truck. It's called an armored transport it's truck. It's literally lead armored. Nothing. You are not going to get into the truck. Also, no human. It, I would not die for money that it was not my own. For sure. I wouldn't I mean, die for money that was mine. If I'm being paid to drive the transport truck and somebody is like, you know what? Give me and be like. Have. You got it. You got it. Have. You need not ask twice. No. I see your gun. I raise you. Here's the driver's seat. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. As the issuing authority, the Federal Reserve Board turns the pieces of paper manufactured at the Bureau into lawful money. By that, they're just like, and now this is money. <laughs> they sprinkle it with holy water. And I'm going Fili Spiritu Santi, you're baptized. <laughs> your money. Onward. Onward, my child. Onward. Into circulation. Go for it. Go buy something. Bring a child back to the church. Go buy something nice. So the last step is actual circulation. The Federal Reserve Bank, the, the cash offices, distribute banknotes to the public through de, through deposit, not deposit, deposit, depository. Depository. It's all right. Depository institutions. Oh, my Lord. Such as commercial banks, credit unions, and savings and loan associations. Love. Federal Reserve Banks are responsible for processing banknotes to ensure that they are genuine and fit for recirculation. So they're the ones that do that, like, get the pee notes. and Yeah. They're like, are these good? Are good. these good? Nope. These smell Go. awful. <laughs> if the banknotes are not genuine, so they also come across some that have been counterfeit or counterfeited, Federal Reserve Banks send them to the U.S. Secret Service for mm. investigation. And if they are genuine and still in good condition, the notes are sent to the same depository institutions to fill new order for currency. So it's like this big loop of, like, yeah. They just keep going. They bring them in. Da, 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 da. They look them, them out, over. They, them they send out old currency and new currency back to the banks. Yeah. So they're constantly trying to like get out old and tattered bills. Love. Yep. All right. Let's quickly talk about the lifespan of our currency. Ooh. Here we go. When currency is deposited with a Federal Reserve Bank, the quality of each note is evaluated by sophisticated processing equipment. Settle down. Notes are notes still in good condition good condition will continue to circulate like we've talked about while those that are not taken out of circulation are destroyed Ooh, i hope they let them on fire this process determines the lifespan of a federal reserve note so the lifespan varies by denomination and depends on number of factors including how the denomination is used by the public for example larger denominations such as 100 dollars bills are often used as a store of value which means they pass between users less frequently than a lower de- denomination such as five dollar notes which are often used as transactions that makes sense like yeah. you, you like hang on to 100 dollars bills yeah. and you pass five dollar bills as though they're nothing yeah so this is the lifespan of each the average lifespan of each type of denomination so the one dollar bill lifespan is about 6.6 years the five dollar bill lifespan is about 4.7 years the ten dollar lifespan is about 5.3 years the twenty dollar lifespan is about 7.8 years the fifty dollar lifespan is 12.2 years and the one hundred dollar bill lifespan is 22.9 years yeah Wow. So we're saying that the most used currency that gets out of circulation the quickest is right now the $5 bill at 4.7 years. And now it's time for fun facts, fun facts, fun facts, fun facts, fun facts, specifically banknote identifiers and symbols. So first fun fact, each Federal Reserve note includes identifiers that provide information about the note, such as the year in which the bill design was approved. I love that. Yeah. 
2006. We approved. We approved. Let's put it on. Put it on the paper. <laughs> this, there, each bill has a serial number that is unique to the particular bill. It is a combination of eleven numbers and letters that appear twice on the front of each note. The first letter of the serial number corresponds to the series year. So for example, if you have one that starts I, E, and then a bunch of numbers, the first letter corresponds to the series year in which it was created. So I, E was issued in? 2006. We love. A star, quote, star suffix after the serial number is used to identify notes that serve as replacements during the production process. So if you have the, it starts with the two first letters and then the full number. So like, like the last four digits being like 2515 and then there's a star. It means that it's a replacement. Yeah. Shador. Yeah. I just am like, great. Like, why? But great. Okay. I know. I'm like, why is this important that you note this? Yeah. But oh, okay. It means because it changes nothing okay. for right. us. The series year indicates the year in which a new design was approved by the Secretary of the Treasury or the year in which the signature of a new Secretary or Treasurer was incorporated into the design. So either you've got a new design, mm-hmm. Harriet Tubman gets approved to be on the $20 bill, mm-hmm. new design, mm-hmm. or when a new Secretary takes over because there's been a change and we have to now issue new money with the new person's signature. There, there's a new whole new series year. The capital letters following the series year appear when there is a significant change in the note's appearance. Love. Yeah. Love. Federal Reserve indicators. Ew. For denominations, $5, $10, $20, $50, and $100, the note has a letter and a number des- designation that corresponds to one of the 12 Federal Reserve banks. The letter of each indicator matches the second letter of the serial number on that note. Woo! So, for example, some of the things are if you have A1, it's Boston. B2 is New York City. C3 is Philadelphia. D4, Cleveland. E5, Richmond. F6, Atlanta, G7, Chicago, H8, St. Louis, I9, Minneapolis, J10, Kansas City, Missouri, K11, Dallas, and L12, San Francisco. Yeah. That's wild. Isn't that crazy? None of these letters and numbers make sense to the ne- to the city names. <laughs> no, they're also just like, why do you need both the letter and the number when you're literally just going to... It's not like it's A1 is Boston and A12 yeah. is Chicago. It's just one, two, three, four, four what suffice? Or A, B, C, D. Right, they're suffice? just going down the... I guess it's like when you have a, a letter and a number, it's like more of a security thing because now you have two things you have two to counterfeit. Two things to counterfeit, yeah. They're just throwing, they're just throwing letters, numbers, symbols... Just to be like, stop counterfeiting. You know what's going to... Smiley. Try and and counterfeit that. Smiley. (laughs) Smiley face. Stick an emoji on there and see who can do that. Just a game of hangman. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, my God. All right. For denominations of the $1 bill and the $2 bill, the note includes a seal that identifies one of the 12 Federal Reserve banks. Got it. So it has its seal. Yeah. For the $2, the $5... The $10, 20 50 and 100 Basically, all of the notes, but the $1 bill note <laughs> indicate which position the bill was in on the plate layout when it was printed. What? That's uh, crazy. It's kind of creepy. It is a combination of one letter and one number and can be found on the front of the note. 
J'adore. Obviously very important to whoever is watching the counterfeit operations. Yeah, man, this is really hard to counterfeit. Okay. The faceplate and the backplate numbers identify the printing plates used to print each side of the note. The faceplate number is found on the face of the note, and the backplate number is found on the back. So all these little fucking numbers you got to find. I'm like, man, I, I am already being dissuaded from counterfeiting money i know and and if this have, was a, if this was like a life choice somebody was gonna make i would have stopped five bullet points ago yeah this is so it's yeah. too much work it's a lot of work there's a lot of numbers like never mind the cotton versus linen makeup of the bill yeah the numbers alone jeez they're all small they're all small they're all different fonts yeah the topography different or whatever types of color ink yeah. very stressful yep Federal Reserve notes printed at the Fort Worth, Texas facility um, by the Bureau include a small FW Mm. in front of the faceplate number. I love this. And guys, just so you know, we're putting all of these images up on the Instagram. And so you'll be able to see what we're seeing, which is that's a tiny ass number. It's a tiny FW. It is tiny, you guys. It is in the very corner. So, so small. You've probably never seen it before, but it's always been there. Yeah. Treasury seal. A green seal to the right of the portrait represents the U.S. Department of Treasury. The design of that seal was changed to incorporate an English inscription and appears on all Federal Reserve notes of the 1969 series or later. So we know you'll know the seal. You've seen the seal. You've probably never looked directly at the seal, but it's on there. It's on all of your monies. Yeah. It seals the deal. And with that, we seal the episode. Wabow! We are in circulation, people. Isn't that crazy? Currency's so flippin' wild. Our money is so nuts. It's so nuts. We're just so so much trial and error. So much like, oh, they keep counterfeiting. (laughs) But more numbers. More numbers and hopefully they'll stop. I can't wait for like... What else can we put on there? I know. The plate, the number of the plate. Just put anything. I can't wait for like 2050 and it's just like the, the two the one dollar bill is just all numbers <laughs> there's like no blank space anymore it's just numbers, just numbers. <laughs> how do you like me now counterfeiters i know we'll just blitz them with numbers symbols insane it's insane insane but guys that's our episode for today we love you so so much and if you like what you heard you can follow us on twitter and instagram at let's get civical you can also rate us you can review us you can hashtag subscribe to us we love you so so much and we will see you next wednesday